0: This episode of the H.R. Locker podcast is sponsored by HireLocker.com. If you want to hire the best talent you can and slash your recruitment fees, jump over to HireLocker.com, sign up for a 14-day trial, put the power of recruitment into the hands of your employees, incentivize them, track and record where your applications are coming from, and then hire the best talent you've got. I'm your host, Darren O'Connor, and today we're talking with Deirdre Cronley from afresh.ie. She is a wellness and productivity catalyst, and she will help you get to happy, healthy, and motivated quicker than you can do it yourself. If you have missed the first part of this podcast, jump over to the previous show notes, which are at hrlocker.com forward slash episode 002. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at uh, vegetables, whether they are freeze dried, organic, frozen, whatever the case might be. So Deirdre, take it away.
1: Now, the next one I'm going to chat about are fruit and veg. And people always ask me, oh my God, does it make any difference fresh or frozen, organic or non-organic? And the interesting thing with fresh and frozen is that sometimes frozen can be better for you than fresh, particularly if the fruit or veg is frozen at source. Because otherwise, if your fruit and veg has to travel long distance, the content goodness of the minerals and vitamins may deplete. Whereas if it's frozen at source, the goodness will be frozen into us. And sometimes frozen veg and frozen berries can be cheaper uh, than fresh and as well they have the added value that they're not necessarily thrown out at the end of the week which can happen with a lot of the fruit and veg that we buy if we don't consume us on time. Um, Generally speaking, organic versus inorganic, well the research is conflicting in this area. Uh, Personally, where I can, I'll go for organic, I think it tastes better. Um, And then people say, well what about cookiness? I guess when you're cooking your fruit and veg if you cook it in water you may as well drink the water because otherwise all the goodness is uh, gone into the water and if you eat the fruit and veg you would be missing quite a lot of the mineral content if you've boiled us ideally you'll steam us if you need to cook us or bake us or best of all uh, if you can eat us raw even better still with the exception of tomatoes because tomatoes are the one fruit or veg that's actually increased or that's actually are better digested by your body in terms of the nutrients and vitamins when it's actually cooked. So it's always handy to have a, a couple of tins or cans of tomato um, tomatoes in your in your cupboard because they make a great addition to many meals. So um, on the fruits and veg, remember they are complex carbs. We do need to get them into our energy, into our diets for energy, but different uh, ones release energy more quickly or more slowly into your system. The best ones to be eating in terms of slow release of sugars are the berries, the apples, the pears, and those ones that are dried or bananas even have a higher release of sugar. So make sure if you are eating those type of fruits that you combine this with a handful of nuts and seeds, again, just to slow down to release the release of sugar. Um, okay, so that's kind of it in fruit and veg, and this slide here is really, I guess, symbolizing, well, in my mind, dairy, uh, because many of us get our dairy from uh, our milk and our cheese and our yogurt, uh, and it's an important source of calcium uh, for our bones, and particularly for us ladies who may be um, in danger of developing os- um, uh, osteoporosis as we move on in life. Uh, it's a good idea to ensure that our uptake, our intake of calcium is at uh, three portions a day. If we can't get it from dairy, we need to be looking at getting it from another source. A lot of people complain about being dairy intolerant these days. and um, So if you're not getting it from your dairy, try soya milk, fortified milk, soya rice, um, leafy green veg, sesame seeds are also a good source. So just make sure um, that you're getting calcium from your dairy. Diet. If you're not getting it from dairy, get it from another fortified um, um,
0: type of food. What okay, about, so that's um, a, um, uh, supplements, uh, supplements, like, supplements multivitamins. like multivitamins.
1: Yeah, and no, it's really interesting. And again, there's a lot. And and if anybody wants to touch base with me afterwards, there's a lot of interesting. Um, Uh, research around this and the whole industry of minerals and vitamins is a relatively new industry so we haven't been able to fully understand exactly how they have worked but what we do know is that we need a combination of minerals and vitamins working together in order for our body to absorb them well so standalone vitamins and minerals will not always work on their own so for example to take a calcium supplement it won't be absorbed well into your body without other supplements Uh, the same with B6, a lot of females 10 years ago would have taken B6 as a standalone vitamin for your hormones. And again, it needs the other B vitamins in order to be absorbed well into your body. So B complex would be the one to take there. And there's some minerals and vitamins we don't get from our food easily. So vitamin D3, which is the sunshine vitamin, is one of those. So that's where I would recommend that you would take vitamin if you can't get it from your food. Otherwise try and get it from your food source and um, and then if you can't get it from your food source, make sure that you take a vitamin or a mineral that has been recommended by somebody who is qualified in nutrition uh, because Otherwise, the quality of the minerals and vitamins aren't always the same. And unless you take them in the right combination, so for example, with calcium here, you'd need to take a combination of calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D in order for your body to absorb it to its maximum. So to answer your question, Darren, um, in some instances... Vitamins are okay on a standalone basis. However, my advice to people would be always to try and get your minerals and vitamins from your foods because it's the combination of other things in the food that facilitate your body to be able to absorb the goodness from them. Does that make sense?
0: Perfect, Perfect. yeah Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah, and as well, they're expensive. And I guess what we want to try and do is ensure that, you know, what we're eating and drinking, we can do and afford on a daily basis, and we don't need to be going out and popping pills and you know, because c- they are expensive. So it's it's all about being sensible about how we eat. And if, if we have a good balanced diet, we should be able to get most of the minerals and vitamins that we need. OK, so I guess just um, to summarize in terms of the foods and uh, stuff, carbs, we need 55 percent of our diet. And that's uh, six portions a day for the complex carbs plus five fruit and veg. We want 15% from protein, so that's two portions of protein a day. And then from fat, we want a whole lot, 30% of our diet, but good fats, okay? So that's a kind of in the hardcore food stuff. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about um, liquid and uh, the importance of staying hydrated. And I guess we'd come across a lot of people in offices who would get, you know, kind of energy slumps or headaches, you know, later on in the day. And usually what's happening is they're becoming dehydrated. And the minute you're thirsty, it's too late. It's actually too late. You're dehydrated. So what we want to do is avoid getting the um, headaches and those energy slumps by consistently keeping our bodies hydrated throughout the day. Now, the ideal way to do this is going to be drink water. Um, Because if we're drinking coffee and tea, okay, if it's weak, it's fine. But if it's strong tea and coffee, it can be a diuretic. So it will actually end up dehydrating us. And so every time you drink tea and coffee, it's a good idea to have some water with us. And other people say, well, I don't really like water, so maybe I can drink juice. And again, juice um, is a good source of liquid. But pure orange juice uh, or pure fruit juice on its own will actually, and we look at this in a moment, will actually release sugar very quickly into your system, causing energy highs and energy lows. Uh, so you're better off if you are going to drink juice to actually dilute it down with some water. Mm. And let's see, I'm actually sipping water here. <laughs> and if um, you don't really like water, it's the middle of winter and you want something hot, And um, good drinks to drink are the herbal teas, some of the peppermint teas, the roybush teas. They, they're also a great source of um, liquid to keep you hydrated. But the key is to kind of do it throughout the day. Um, and it's a good practice to get into to keep a um, a water bottle on your desk, uh, to get up throughout the day and leave your desk and uh, go to the uh, water cooler and fill up your bottle or your glass. It's good exercise and um, good break for the mind as well. It's good practice to get uh into the habit of having uh, a bottle of water in your car and uh, not always in a plastic bottle but that's another session uh, or even carry a bottle of water in your handbag and also the guys who are carrying man bags out there as well it's a good idea just to get into the habits because it's really all about habits and as i said the minute that you are thirsty It's too late, you're dehydrated. So if you want to minimize um, your headaches and manage your appetite, keep sipping water or a good alternative throughout the day. Because if you don't, you're going to end up with the symptoms of a hangover without having had the pleasure of the few glasses of wine or beer the night before, which I guess leads us nicely on to uh, the whole area of alcohol. And... um, Look at the guidelines uh, vary depending on what continent you're on, but generally speaking uh, for females, our recommended intake is 14 units a week, which will equate to about you know, seven glasses of a reasonably sized glass of wine a night, or, or rather one glass a night, uh, which will be um, 14 units over a week. And then guys, our intake as guys is recommended to be 21 units uh, a week. And a unit is really, um, I suppose, if you want 21 units, that's about 10 pints over a week. Um, And ideally, they would be spread out. And what we see happening nowadays uh, with a lot of people under pressure and stress is that they tend to turn to alcohol uh, to cope. And it's it's and the Irish nature of many of us, it's kind of it's it's quite traditional. So what I just say is then think about how much you're drinking and what the impact it is um, on you in terms of your energy levels, your ability to be productive, indeed your moods and interactions with people throughout the day. And think about it, is there anything you want to do there that might be different, such as um, for every drink you have, maybe you drink a glass of water with us? or when you are drinking to try and eat some food with us, or maybe even look at the type of drink that you're having. Um, I have a bottle of cheap red wine here. The quality of drink that you have will have an impact on how you feel the next day. So where possible, go for the best of the best in whatever it is you're having. If it's wine, go for the best you can afford in wine. If it's beer, consider going for the craft beers. Uh, if it's a spirit, go for good quality distilled spirits. And think seriously about the mixers you're using. Um, an ideal mixer is going to be soda water with a dash of uh, lemon juice or something like that squeezed into it, as opposed to some of the caffeinated, high-sugar mixers that you get out there. Um, but all I'm saying is, Lucas, I mean, enjoy enjoy your alcohol, uh, but enjoy it uh, sensibly. Um, and just be aware of what you might want to do in order to ensure it doesn't negatively impact your energy levels because alcohol has quite a lot of sugar in us um, and sugar, like the sugar in the carbohydrates, uh, has this impact on our insulin and energy levels as I was talking about earlier, uh, Darren. You can see the uh, energy levels spiking up and down, up and down and as they go up, the simple carbs are driving them up Uh, The insulin is going up to pull it down and what we're trying to do is avoid that and over time just ensure that we have complex carbs going into our body uh, to avoid the insulin having to spike and pull our energy levels right back down to the floor. So uh, just bear that in mind in terms of not just the food you're eating but what you're drinking because alcohol will release a lot of sugar quickly into your system um, just like simple carbs and juices. So on that topic of sugars, I have something, a couple of bullet points here around glycemic index and glycemic load. And I just want to go into a bit of detail on this because I think when you understand this, it means that you can manage your sugar levels, you can manage the release of sugar into your system. And if you can do that, you can manage your stress levels and you can manage your appetite. So if you can understand how sugar works... Um, it's a great advantage to helping uh, achieve those things. So as a rule of thumb, we talked about carbohydrates, uh, carbohydrates earlier, and all carbs have sugar in them. The white ones more so than the brown ones. Um, if you want to understand more on this, we can send you a, a leafless afterwards. If, if you want to share this with others on social media, we'll also must send that leaflet to you on the different levels of carbohydrates. Absolutely. We also, we also, have, a uh, we also have a
0: comments have a box, box for anybody... Box for who would like it, by yes, all means, uh, leave your name and uh, email address in the comments box and we'll make sure to get it out to you as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's quite a complex topic and it's fascinating to look at. And um, even when you look at the fruit, the glycemic indexes of fruit, as I said, berries is very low, but believe it or not, bananas is quite high and dried fruits are way off the scale there. So you might think by having a handful of raisins or dried apricots, you're doing wonders for your energy levels, but actually, what you're doing is you're spiking the blood sugars which will give you a high followed by a low so to avoid that that's why I'm always saying make sure you have a handful of protein a handful of nuts and seeds with any carbohydrate that you're eating and um, the white carbs will always have a higher glycemic index or glycemic load than the brown ones. And just to explain, I think I skipped that. Glycemic index and glycemic loads are the rate at which sugar is released into your body, basically. And the lower glycemic index or the lower the glycemic load, the available amount of carbohydrates released into your body, the better. And it's interesting, even if you look at things like um, milk, full fat milk and low fat milk, full fat milk actually has a lower glycemic index than low fat milk. So in many instances, you're better off having the full fat milk if you're trying to manage your energy levels and you don't have cholesterol issues. Uh, it's not necessarily the fats that's causing a loss of our issues around diabetes and heart problems these days. It's sugars. And um, so just think about that before you reach for those fat free products and low fat products again. And um, as well, when you're Processing food, and I mean even baking a potato through to mashing a potato through to boiling a potato, it will impact the rate at which the sugar again is released into your body. And um, so, boiled potatoes are the best way to eat your spuds. And um, again, which are fruits, a full orange will be better for your energy levels than an orange juice. Which will release energy more quickly into the system. Now, some people might say that this is uh, oh, that's an awful lot of detail. I don't really want to know that. But there, there's some basic fundamentals. And if you can understand those basic fundamentals and how they work, it means that you will be able to minimize energy slumps, so you'll be able to maximize your physical energy. And in doing that, you'll be able to minimize um, the impact of insulin in your system and cortisol because the nutritional factors which affect our energy and stress are what we eat and drink, and we've already looked at the carbs, and we've already looked at the, um, the different types of drinks. So it's not just what we eat, but also how much of them that we eat and drink. So bear in mind the portion sizes that I've indicated. And again, if anybody wants more information on exact portion sizes other than the fiscal size, we have measurements that we can give to you as well uh, post-seminar.
0: And that is the end of part two in this three-part series. Make sure to tune in to the next episode of the HR Locker podcast, where we conclude with Deirdre Cronley from afresh.ie. We find out that we are not meant to actually have three square meals a day. We were designed as grazers. Next time on the H.R. Locker podcast. I would love if you could take a few minutes uh, to leave us a rating and review in iTunes and also subscribe to the podcast. It only takes a few minutes for you and it makes a big difference for us. Uh, Head over to iTunes, find H.R. Locker, just do a quick search. And then leave us a five-star rating if you feel it's of any value to you. Show notes are at horlocker.com forward slash episode 003. As always, I'm Darren O'Connor, and it has been a pleasure creating this podcast for you, and we'll see you in part three.